Hi, I'm Hannah, and that little creature you just heard is my cat, Mozzie, and we are Beautiful Creepsters, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 31. And you just heard Hannah, a beautiful creepster, a beautiful creepster, who, of course, killed it. Killed it. On the introduction. And her little cat, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like cats, and I was like, oh. <laughs> if you want to introduce an episode, you know it. Head over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Peruse, select the tier that you want. All right, you ready? This one's from Kat. Oh, shit. Hi, ladies. This story has been passed down from slumber party to slumber party in my city for decades. To this day, high schoolers hang out at Rochester Cemetery on moonless nights in hopes of seeing the albino woman. Dun, dun, dun. Like she wrote that. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Kat, you think of everything. And then in parentheses, some people say the blue albino woman. I don't know who the fuck made that nonsense up. Why would she be blue? Having any pigmentation is the opposite of albinism? (laughs) Albinism? Albinism. I'll buy that for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever. She said that, not me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Prepare to be freaked the hell out. And then slam back down to earth by the bittersweet reality because I'm a boner killer or whatever. <laughs> I can't even. So way back before anyone alive now can remember, the latest date would be 1965. So apparently everyone in this city who could have remembered pre-1965 is dead. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> there was a woman who walked the streets at night an albino woman with dark pink eyes and a long, puffy nest of pure white hair. You know what? This is giving me Charlie No Face. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Yeah. Locals who remember her, who are now remember, apparently long dead, recalled that they would sometimes see her slip into Rochester Cemetery in the middle of the night. No one remembers or will divulge her last name. Some say it's to protect the family she still has in the area, but some say that to utter her real name causes electronics in the area to flicker and the speaker will come down with anemia or some other disease that turns them unnaturally pale. What? What? You know, like saying Voldemort. She seems to be benevolent in those cases, though, because no one has died from saying her name. Unlike saying Voldemort. So if you're keeping score, albino woman, one, Voldemort, zero. She might not kill you for saying her name, but she sure as hell better not catch you in Rochester Cemetery at night. According to Google historians. (laughs) I mean, they're accurate, right? Mm -hmm. The albino woman was declared a witch by the local residents and had to be destroyed. Sure, that's a thing we've never done here. Anyway... On a moonless night in a hate crime that would have been publicized to the level that we'd have a section about her in our history books right underneath the tiny paragraph we allot to Emmett Till, 
They dragged her out of the cemetery by her hair, threw her in an empty grave, and buried her alive. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Naturally, she returned as a vengeful spirit, but even in that form, she was never able to get her revenge against her murderers. Now, she wanders through the cemetery on moonless nights, waiting to take her rage out on anyone dumb enough to sneak in and try to catch a glimpse of her. I have a friend who swears he was chased by her and just barely made it out of the cemetery before she could catch him. When he got home, he realized one of the back legs of his jeans was ripped as if by claws. He showed them to us and they were ripped, but not remotely like claws did it. It was definitely that kind of rip you get when your jeans are too long and your heels kind of <laughs> kind of tread on them. And then it rains and then they get wet and it just adds to how quickly they rip. My boot cut peeps know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and your short peeps that, <laughs> you know, have to get not petite or, you know, they used to not have petite mm-hmm. plus size. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or short and seamed. Mm-hmm. And my mama was not a seamstress. Mm-mm. Look, you, it was very hard in, like, high school to get shorts as a plus-size gal because they would hang down, like, the the inseam, like, the the crotch crotch of it would hang down to your motherfucking knees. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. look, I know it's the 90s, but uh, I'm not trying to look like a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah. So my jeans always had that basic, like, uh, brown, like, brown on the, Mm -hmm. you know, can I say a word? Brown on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the albino woman will stand by the side of the road at the cemetery with her dog. Not sure where the dog came from, but now we have a dog. <laughs> and look like she's trying to hitchhike. Anyone dumb enough to stop for her will suddenly realize she's headless. Uh, what? What? And that's what literally <laughs> Kat wrote that. Uh, what? And then her dog tears the driver to bits. I'm sorry, what? She wrote that too. Kuja? <laughs> Whoever made up this ridiculous story will live on forever because this is the version we were all told at sleepovers. Some goth kid just threw in a bunch of bonker shit out of left field when he was telling it to his little brother and suddenly generations of kids are trying to choose between playing Bloody Mary or sneaking into Rochester Cemetery. And then there's me and my unicorn slippers watching The Lion King or whatever and wondering where the hell everyone went. Oh, <laughs> So anyway, in less violent... But super sad version, oh God, is said that the albino woman had a son who died as a baby and was buried in Rochester Cemetery. She'd take walks around the neighborhood at night and eventually end her walks at the cemetery to see his grave. She would stare sadly at school children during the day, which, to be fair, is kind of freaky regardless of skin pigmentation. And of course, she was also buried alive in this version, because why not? We're all a bunch of hillbillies who have to bury anything we're afraid of. Is that a spider? Go get the shovel, Edna. We got us another dead bug to bury. (laughs) In this version of the legend, she walks the route she took every day and ends up in Rochester, but she seems unable to find her son's grave. If you see her in the cemetery, she asks you why you're there and politely asks you to leave. Then she disappears. You may have noticed that not a single one of these stories has anything to do with the color blue. So again, I have no clue who came up with the blue albino woman. It doesn't make sense. It's like saying the blue red elephant or the green rainbow bumper shoot. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So here's the most likely real life story. 
There is absolutely zero evidence this woman existed, except for a couple of old fogies who were real excited to be interviewed for one oh them new fandangled blog thingers. <laughs> oh god, new, fa- new fangled. I said new fandangled. <laughs> Apparently, we're going to the movies. <laughs> okay. However, the lack of any record might not be surprising. What real, not Google, historians believe is that if she existed, she was an African-American woman with albinism. And, as I said earlier, we were trying to figure out ways to resegregate the whole darn state at the time. We ain't got no time for registering the births of weirdos. Totally not being serious there. I'm not a monster. I can't imagine the terror she must have lived. She died of natural causes in either 1963 or 1965. And although we don't have a birth date, it's generally accepted that the story of her baby dying is true, so she was of childbearing age. Golly. The death of her son devastated her, and she apparently did sadly watch other children play. Internet losers say she used to sneak up on the houses and stare at children through their windows, but in truth, she probably just sadly sat at her own windows and watched the kids coming home from school because it wasn't socially acceptable or safe for her to go outside. It's My be- gosh. I know. It's believed that she did take those nighttime walks to visit her baby in Rochester Cemetery, unable to see him in the daytime. Oh, my God. That is that Very serious. reminiscent of your thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, the real ghost story, most people who believe agree that she walks her normal route and ends up at Rochester. On a happy-ish note, she does seem to know where her son is buried, so that sad story can suck it. Also... <laughs> She apparently will politely ask you to leave if you come across her. She appears to love seeing children when she walks along her route, although I don't know what those kids' parents are doing letting them outside to play that late. There's no freaking dog. Nobody knows where the headless idea came from. Nobody buried her alive like a bunch of lunatics. IDK, who decided to make that up when we already have so many exciting acts of racism for inspiration? Nobody gets sick from saying her name because nobody knows her name. I have no goddamn clue who decided that blue and albino are the same thing, and I'm sitting here in my unicorn slippers watching Lion King and wondering where everyone went. Oh, God. So in love with the show, creep it up, ladies. Cat Jones reporting live from Podunk, Kansas, off to bury me some witches. God, I, I feel like Cat's emails, I can just see her sitting yes. at her computer. <laughs> yes. And she types them exactly how she would say it mm-hmm. if she was sitting right there. Yes. Like, I don't know that I even read it with the justice that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know she's saying it out loud as she's oh, typing yeah. it. Oh, Oh, my God. I love it. And she does, like, all caps and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, love it. If y'all seen her post in the Facebook group, it's the same way. And I, like, you know a Cat Jones post. Mm-hmm. Hey, lovely ladies. Hey. I hope this email finds you doing well. This is Nicole S., and as everyone knows, my daughter was in an accident back in December. For any of the newcomers, here's the story. I had stopped by my parents, and it was supposed to be a quick stop, but that didn't happen. Since it was taking longer than planned, I asked my daughter to go turn off the minivan and bring in the key. She had done this countless times for me before. Well, something happened, and the minivan was knocked out of gear. I'm sure she decided to play around or something, but she maintains she didn't do anything. Anyways, the minivan was parked in the driveway, which was on an incline, 
and it goes down to the gutter, but the street is kind of a hill, so it rolls down to the gutter too. When it started to roll backwards, my daughter tried to jump out of the minivan. Somehow, she fell and ended up getting rolled over by the minivan. Thankfully, my parents' neighbor, Tracy, was out working on his truck. My daughter had ended up being drugged to the gutter, and Tracy was able to run over and hold the minivan back so it didn't roll back over her. Oh, my God. He was also able to call 911 and scream for help. There was no way he should have been able to hold my minivan back. I'm going to skip ahead here because this is all still so hard to write. When we got to the hospital, it was almost an hour drive by ambulance. It was too windy for them to, to care flighter. My daughter was very drugged up. She had broken her right femur, punctured her lung, broken several ribs, damaged her spleen, and cracked her liver, which caused internal bleeding. Poor baby. That first night in the hospital, she kept talking about the two men who were there when she got ran over. She also kept talking about how we had been in the hospital forever and she just wanted to go home. We put it all down to her pain medicine. Well, a few months after, she started talking about how my grandpa was there with her a lot. He's a shadow man. We've seen him for years. Just a silhouette of a man with a hat on. Baba Ganoush, Baba Ganoush. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not to make light, but I couldn't let that pass. Right? He is never threatening, and we get a loving vibe from him. We usually will see him when things are hard for us. I've seen him for 10 years, and my kids have mentioned seeing him in the past. My daughter says she saw him holding the van back and that he was in the hospital with her a lot. He was also with her a lot when she finally got to come home. She said that she always knew she was safe because he was always there when she would wake up. It means so much to think that he was there for her when she needed him. So I thought you guys would enjoy hearing that. Thank you guys for all of the support when everything was going on. Thank you to everyone for the well wishes and for those of you who sent her cards. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It all means so much to us. We spent a lot of time in the hospital reading the comments people would make wishing her well. It was a bright spot for us when there were so many other things going on. She's doing amazing now, and in September, we go back to the doctor to schedule her surgery to have the plates and pins removed from her leg. Yay! But everything is going great, and it's like nothing ever happened now. Thank you all again, Nicole S. Oh, my God, Nicole. Oh, my God. I'm so glad everything is going good. I mean, like, I, I mean, I remember it happening. Like, it was so long. But, like, no, I mean, truly, yes. I remember that happening. And, like, my heart breaking for you. Yes. Oh, God. Because it is. It's just one of those freak things that, like, mm-hmm. how in the fuck did it happen? Yes. But I'm so glad that Tracy was his name. Was uh-huh. It was in the right spot at the right time. I'm sure that your grandfather sent him there, made him be there at that exact mm-hmm. moment to help him. Like, it just was the stars aligned right? to save her. Oh, my gosh. And she's such a fucking trooper. And, too, like, I feel like she's, like, that age that she's old enough to, to know what's going on and what's happening as far as, like, like seeing something. But she's uh-huh. also still young enough that, no, I, I truly believe she saw it. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, for sure. Golly. Thank you for sharing. I cannot wait to see her recover from getting that hardware removed because it's going to be smooth sailing. Yes. Also, thank y'all to everyone who did so, like send their support and mm-hmm. good vibes and everything because that's what makes this community so amazing. 
I was going to say that that's what makes the group so special. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we're just happy to be part of it. This one is called Witchcraft and Warfare. I'm so glad I got this one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because I legit had to be like, warfare. I had to concentrate Mm -hmm. on it. Mm -mm. Hi, babes. Your friendly neighborhood witch here to give you a story of the thing that has been trying to continue to fuck with me for the past couple of months. Some backstory and explanation to how some of the things occurred. First, if you're under the influence of a substance, normally alcohol, due to its deafening properties, your guards will be down. So it's naturally easier for spirits or other creatures to take control during this time. It's why a friend of mine has many different protective circles around her property, along with an intense barrier against bad things, so she can drink to her heart's content without worrying of anything trying to latch onto her. (laughs) Hey, I mean... You gotta do what you gotta mm -hmm. do. I created the same kind of thing in my apartment so I can smoke weed without worry. (laughs) Priority. Yes. You gotta you gotta protect yourself mm-hmm. before Use, you wreck yourself. Exactly. Use a condom. Draw a circle. Ima- all the things. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, a condom is a circle, and just put that on there. Good. Okay. But my personal house spirits still fuck with me without malicious intent, so I let them have their fun. They're dead. It gets boring waiting to pass on if you said no before to leaving when you first die. It can take many years before you are reborn. More if you're stuck here for things you cannot remember that needed done when you were alive and refused to leave at first when you died but can't remember now. Anyway, a friend of mine whose name I won't say for privacy reasons has had something attached to them since childhood. If your parents practiced dark magic and didn't care to learn how to summon properly, you may have had something attached to you right now. There was a time where they drank more than they should have for a while and it opened them up for this entity to take over. Its entire existence is to make their life as painful as possible since it couldn't take their soul or spirit with them as they are still alive. That sounds horrible. Right? So scary. After I was told of this, during a moment that this entity made itself known, I ran and grabbed some spell items to help create a strong barrier around them and the house they live in. Apparently, it worked. I broke some kind of hold that it had and it was angry. So... It went after me, my cats, and roommates. Within a week, it tried to kill our cats by turning on the gas stove, but we had our windows cracked, so they lived, thankfully. Oh. My. Goodness. We raced them to the vet, and nothing was wrong. Gas hadn't gotten into their systems. Now, one roommate of mine is skeptical, mainly due to the fact that, if she believed, all of this would terrify her to her core. But the last time this thing had the strength to threaten us was the time I saw my roommate really try to think of a way this could have happened, but she couldn't explain it. The three of us, my roommates and I, went to a festival for about two hours downtown. We had come back and were laughing when both my other roommate, who is able to sense and feel other beings, stopped laughing. I felt this at the same time, and we both looked at each other while the other roommate was still walking. I picked up the pace because I felt that something was happening. And at the same moment, we all looked through the living room window as we were walking up to the house. To our horror and disbelief, the door flung open. We all stopped and stared and asked at the same time, Did you see that? And then my cat ran out in a panic. 
Although, when he saw me, he panicked and ran back inside because he knows he isn't allowed outside and apparently is more scared of mom than whatever opened the door. That is fantastic. (laughs) We had our roommate's mom come and inspect our place with her boyfriend and nothing came of it. No intruders, nothing. But we knew what it was and why it did it. So I pulled out my mirror, black candle, and began a spell I hadn't had to do before then. It's a reflecting spell that pushed evil out, and then I was forced to sage and fully cleanse before sealing off the house as a safety. Then I got a tattoo on my thigh to ward off this thing so I was safe outside my house. Sadly, we ended up losing one of my favorite house ghosts, who was just a little girl who loved to play with the fire alarms when I showered, so I couldn't do anything about the noise unless I got out and glared in the direction. She found it funny, and I grew fond of her, so it broke my heart having to fully cleanse the house. It was what I was trying to avoid so I could have her around, but the evil thing ruined it. So we had an empty slate for about a month until our shadow man came back and noticed. He sticks around longer since then, so he can keep an eye on the thing that did it since he likes to stick close to the house and watch me. He's like a guardian, but still punks me when I'm high. Like a big brother, but dead. Dang. Oh, the little girl spirit did get to move on after the cleansing. It seems she stuck around because she liked us, but left after all that shit went down and was able to continue on with life. Anyway, I'll send more later. This was recent and it's still hanging around, but it can't touch me or my cats. My boyfriend doesn't feel fear like others do due to his autism, so it can't grow off of him either. So win-win for me. Stay spooky, my friends, and remember to give thanks to your kind house spirits, Emily. Holy shit. I don't like that story. Emily, who? I know. I, that gives me so much anxiety. I mean, the story was good. I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, like the, I, I like the story. The subject scares the shit out of me. Yes. Attachments? And- no. Uh-uh. I can't have Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. 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 Look. I'm the only clinger in this relationship, okay? Okay. Damn, that was perfect. Thank you. Hey, ladies. I've been listening to you two for a few months, and I love the Sinister Sighting series so much. Ooh, that... A lot of S's. It was a very good alliteration, though. Okay, so I have a lot of stories about me and my family's quote-unquote paranormal experiences. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'll just talk about the house that started it all. This is a super long story, so I'm super sorry. This story is about when my family moved into our first house in Massachusetts around 2005. I'll kind of go through all of our main experiences, as we never really admitted that our house was haunted until we moved to Florida in 2015, almost 10 years later. I was about to say, I was doing that math real quick. I was like, damn, you lived there for 10 years? Well... Penny rose on your fucking nose. No. I had to count my fingers. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. She just had to wait for her to tell yeah. you. <laughs> and we're learning new things all the time. We call the home Andrew Street, which is the street that the home is on, of course. I don't necessarily believe that many of the experiences we had were caused by the house slash entity, especially the physical injuries. However, they happened while living in the home, so I mentioned them anyways. To begin with, my mother had horrible nightmares. She would call my father, who would be downstairs, and beg him to come to bed. She said that she would feel someone wiggle her feet at the end of the bed and would wake up to see no one in the room. Mm -mm, Don't like that. 
and all the kids would be asleep. The house was super old and creaky, so you would hear someone run away if it was one of the kids or my dad messing with her. Yeah. My mom also got hurt in 2009 at work in the winter by slipping on ice in the parking lot, which she still suffers from. She ended up going into a super bad depression after a few years, and it was a very difficult time for all of us. My sister would feel her bed shaking at night, but wouldn't think anything of it and go back to sleep. When she got older, she would have this reoccurring dream where the whole family would be in a beautiful, sunny field, and suddenly the sky would turn gray and the grass would die. Then a shadow figure would appear and chase everyone, and we would all have to split apart. She would wake up so scared, she would eventually end up sleeping with me. My main experience was having the most intense fear of the dark. I had been moved down into the lower level bedroom where I would feel like I was being watched every time I slept. I would cover my complete body and only have an opening for me to breathe. Even at the age of 16, I had a full breakdown when my dad wanted to turn off the hall light in front of my room. Bless it. I also had these two most distinct experiences. Me and my sister had always either shared a room or had connecting rooms. One night, I had been slightly woken up from hearing the dresser drawer in her room opening and the toy chair sliding on the carpet. Mind you, my sister was sleeping with me that night. Uh Uh-uh. When I woke up in the morning, I looked into my sister's room. Sure enough, the drawer was halfway open and the chair was half across the room. Mm Mm-mm. My second most terrifying experience was when I was woken up by a loud growl in my ear, following a kind of typical witchy high-pitched laugh. I could continue hearing laughing by multiple people, but I was unable to move, speak, scream, or blink. Oh my god. I felt so terrified that I wanted to cry. My arms and legs were so stiff, and it felt like someone was sitting on my chest. I eventually fell asleep, but that experience still scares me. I also ended up developing benign tumors in my knee that eventually ate away my ACL ligament and tore my meniscus, to which I still suffer as well. I had fell into a serious depression and would think about self-harm a lot. Oh, gosh. I fell into the wrong crowd and almost failed out of high school. My father had such bad aggression. We got into huge fights multiple times. He was so angry all the time and said a lot of hurtful things to my siblings and me. Be mindful, he's not a bad guy, but just going bald and has a short temper, which I think the house magnified. (laughs) (laughs) My father also had been injured while at work in 2007. He fell off a ladder onto a slab of ice and ended up with multiple pinched nerves and slipped discs. Oh, While remodeling the home, my family found pictures of a young girl in the ventilation and found pieces of burned fabric and a bracelet wrapped around it. Oh, uh uh-uh. I always thought it was weird, but my dad played it off like it was nothing. My parents were eventually unable to pay the mortgage. However, due to my dad getting a settlement from his injury, we luckily were able to move. We've had a bit more experiences after moving, but nothing compared to the ones that we had on Andrew Street. I don't think anything can compare to that house. Family friends have had experiences as well, and we've had a lot of fights during that time. Maybe I can gain more stories from them and send you the info. We didn't know this at that time, but we are super sensitive to certain energies. I'm sorry this was so long and all over the place, but I had so much to say about that evil house. 
Anyways, love you both and can't wait for more content. Always creep it real, Karen. That almost sounds like a poltergeist or something. Yeah. It, well, you know, it sounds like that house, Amityville Horror, you know, like where it just like feeds off of their energy. Yeah. And everyone's so aggressive and yeah. sad and what Again, the shining's going on here. Yeah. Like just, ant, like she said, amplifies everything. Yeah. God, that's, I'm glad that everything is better. Yes. This one is called Dying to Dream Part 1. Okay, I'm all in it already. Hey ladies, it's Aisha, and this story makes me ask the question, if you die in your dream, will you die in real life? What? Have you ever heard that? Yes, that like that's why your body falls, like, mm-hmm. right before you hit the bottom of, like, the cliff thing, you, like, jump up. See, mine's not ever that. Mine's, like... You're falling, and so you jump. Like, not like... Yeah. Like, it, I never, like, reach even close to where I was going. I have often wondered if your lifespan is being shortened little by little if you tend to die in many of your dreams. Aisha, stop freaking me the fuck out. Some say every time you smoke a cigarette, you lose five <laughs> minutes of your life. Aisha says, your dreams are killing you. Ooh. Oh, fuck. Okay. When I was nine years old, I had a dream that made me question many things in life. So hopefully y'all can follow along as I talk about one dream that changed my life. I have two stories, but I'll share one now and send y'all another letter about the second one, which is equally, if not more bizarre and scary. I went to sleep one night and it was early, but I was tired. I think I... I'm sorry, that's your fucking life. (laughs) I mean, that would be the like... Carrie Easterling, an autobiography. (laughs) I went to sleep one night, and it was early, but I was tired. (laughs) That would be the prologue. Epilogue, and then she took a nap again. (laughs) And then part two, she woke up hangry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. I think I had come home from a track meet and was exhausted. Okay, well, that ain't me. (laughs) I dozed off, and I'm not sure what happened, but I think I was watching myself sleep. Hovering above, I noticed I was at the emergency room, and the doctors were working on me. At the time, I was a little depressed. I used to take the emotions of others into myself. To this day, I still feed off the energy of others. Anywho, I started to watch myself drift towards a bright light. It was warm, peaceful, calm, not scary at all. I was greeted by my grandfather. At least, he looked young like the pictures I have seen of him. I only have one memory of him as a baby. Weird thing is, I picture the memory through my own eyes. I was a baby and sitting on his lap, pretending to drive a car, while my grandmother went inside the post office to check the mail. I guess back in the 80s, people drove with babies on their laps. Oh, Oh, 100%. For sure. I would be the arms and they would be the legs. Uh Uh-huh. The pedals? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) then you would steer (laughs) okay i don't think cps existed then great for my grandparents lol there were a lot of questionable actions back then anywho i was confronted by who i figured was my grandfather telling me it wasn't time and i had to go back i was taken back to that emergency room like falling through a tunnel of many lights and colors i didn't want to go though I actually didn't know how to get back into my own body. A voice told me 
that I had to want to live, so I tried very hard, and I woke up in that emergency room trying to catch my breath, but honestly, I was upset and mad because I didn't want to be alive. I wanted to be back in that place that felt warm and happy and lighthearted, where nothing hurt. There was no sadness either, but I guess there is still things left for me to do. God must have a plan for me still. Well, ladies, hope you enjoy that story. Stay tuned for my second story. Signing off from Wichita Falls, Texas. Dang. Forget Freddy Krueger. I don't want to dream. I don't want to die. Well, yeah. Like, so all those times, I don't know. That's very vivid. Right? I don't think I've ever had a dream where, like, I saw myself. Me neither. Like, asleep or whatever. Me neither. That's very, like, sleep paralysis-y. Mm-hmm. Like, that astral projection-y. I don't if know that, that makes means. sense. No, it doesn't because I don't understand that. <laughs> Can you do an episode on that so I understand it? Will do, will do. Okay. Hello, ladies. I listen to you all day while I'm working. When I'm listening, I feel like I'm sitting on the couch with my besties talking about the latest spooky stuff we've heard about. I really appreciate your humor and thank you for sharing so much of yourselves, your lives with your fans. Carrie, maybe sometimes I share too much of Carrie's lives on the lives. <laughs> and by that, I mean... <laughs> She always does. <laughs> but truly, thank you for listening. Oh my gosh, thank you. Here goes. A few years ago, my husband and I were renting a quote-unquote guest house from an elderly woman. Basically, our house was about 550 square feet. It was located behind the main house next to the pool. It had a small bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, and living room. The house was surrounded by a large wooden deck The front of the house had a large sliding glass door that led to the living room, and the side of the house had a small door that led to the kitchen. We used the side door as our main point of entry. I hung heavy dark curtains over the sliding glass door because I don't like people looking into my house. Totally. Yes, totally understand. Like, all those houses that have, like, these beautiful big bay windows and all that, and it's, like, gorgeous. Love it. Couldn't live there, though. Mm -mm. Would be too scared. Mm Mm-hmm. At the time of the incident, we had been living there for about a year. My husband was working late, and I decided to watch TV in the living room because I don't sleep well when my husband isn't home. It was around 11 p.m., and I was watching Paranormal State. Ooh, girl, love it. I was sitting on the couch with a blanket watching a very intense scene, and I start to hear a scratchy noise on the living room wall. Mm Mm-mm. Don't like that. (laughs) I mute the TV, and I don't hear anything. So I chalk it up to my imagination, unmute the TV, and go back to watching the show. A few minutes later, I hear it again, a little louder this time. I try to ignore it and continue to watch, but after a few minutes, I hear it again. It's louder, and it sounds like it's getting closer to the couch. I mute the TV, stand up, and press my ear to the wall. The scratching stops. Well, that is straight out of a fucking horror movie because all I picture is like a knife coming through the wall. We watched something like that. And like into your ear. Yeah, what did we watch? I don't know. The poltergeist thing. Oh, yeah. If y'all don't watch on the uh, watch parties with us, you missing out. Mm-hmm, that was good. But also, Rabbit, what we use to watch the watch parties, mm-hmm. they don't have iPhone compatibility anymore so uh, if y'all know anything hit us up (laughs) at this point i am totally freaked out i definitely heard scratching so i decide to look outside i carefully 
quietly and quickly peek out of the curtains. Nothing. There was nothing there. So I figure I'm just nuts and it must be something in the sound from Paranormal State. I decide to watch something else. Not quite Disney princesses, but something definitely lighter. And then she changes the channel to Food Network. I was going straight for forensics files in my head. (laughs) Oh, God. If she was in a hotel, definitely. Mm -hmm. For a few minutes, all is well. And then I hear the scratching again. This time, it's louder, appearing to be closer to the sliding door and lower, like near the baseboards. I slide off the couch and crawl toward the sliding door. The closer I get to the door, the louder the scratching becomes. My mouth is dry. It's hard to swallow. My legs are wobbly and I have this feeling of dread. I'm almost to the door. I crawl a few inches to the door. My shaking hand reaches for the curtain. I quickly pull the curtain back. Looking at me is this huge, ugly possum (laughs) standing on its hind legs. (laughs) Possums are so fucking ugly. I hate when my lights hit it at night. I'm like... I scream, and I swear it screamed back at me. (laughs) Probably did. (laughs) Which made me scream again. (laughs) (laughs) I can just picture her crawling. (laughs) Yes. I reach up to the light switch, turn on the floodlights. The possum waddles away, and I sink to the floor, half laughing, half crying, and still shaking with adrenaline. (laughs) When my husband gets home, I explain what happened. That next day, we look at the outside wall, and there are dirty little paw prints (laughs) all over the wall. (laughs) The possum used the deck railing to crawl up and down the wall. Creep it real and don't get scared by possums. Kelly S. Oh. (laughs) My. God. That is everything. Yes. Oh, my God. What? Look, possums still scare me. Oh, my God. At Donna's house, there's this fucking possum that comes to eat the cat food. Mm-hmm. Does it still come now that you don't have any more cats? No, because Daddy doesn't leave the food out. Yeah. Well, so I was like, I'm going to scare this possum away <laughs> because it, Marley barks at it. And so oh I'm like, God. okay, I'm going to scare this motherfucker away. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it looks at you with those eyes. A little... <laughs> And I'm done. <laughs> done. I was like, nah, bitch, not today. <laughs> I don't want to die today. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all, I am going to have to get my brother and Barbara, my sister-in-law, I'm going to have to get them to record this and put it in the Facebook group. But it is the time that my brother thought he killed a possum. No, don't tell anymore because I want to be surprised. How do I not know this story? Did he actually? <laughs> Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like the time I thought I killed a bird and I didn't. <laughs> well, that was like the perfect one to end on. Yes, it really was. I'd like to say we planned it that way, but uh, we didn't. No, we've taken three days to record this episode. <laughs> it might be over two hours. <laughs> Poor Will. <laughs> hey, it, I think it hopefully will make for some good bloopers content. Yes, I hope so. Good God, I hope so. Maybe an extra slice or two for Patreon. Meanwhile, oh. it's going to be a 20-minute episode, <laughs> like when we do it. When it's it. all done, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Will's going to go, you motherfuckers. <laughs> 
as always, thank y'all so freaking much for sending in all these amazing stories. Keep them coming. We love them. And it's some of our favorite episodes. For sure. Because, I mean, you have scary looking at you, Aisha. Now I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Don't want to dream. Someone's going to say, what are your hopes and dreams? Look, look, bitch. I do not dream. I do not want to cut my life short. No. Mm Mm-mm. I like my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And then also, like, we see Kelly S. with her funny Mm -hmm. sort of sinister sightings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would definitely call that a sinister sighting. Me too. Me too. Fuck a possum. Do you say, well, I know you say, I I don't know why, I just asked you how you said a word that you just said three times (laughs) in the story. But do y'all say possum or opossum? Right? Yeah, I don't know. She spelled it opossum. Well, because that's how you're supposed to. No, I know. I was just going to let you know that she did do it correctly. Mm Mm-hmm. She's smart. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got that Grammarly thing? <laughs> you always <laughs> <Yes>. see that. <laughs> well, if you want to hear the shit that Will's going to cut out from this two-hour episode to make it 30 or 45 minutes, head over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast because I'm sure that the bloopers are going to be extended this month. Uh, yes. And like she said, extra slices are the shit Little, that is like too long for a blooper. And way too long for a fucking episode. Like, it's like a tangent that's way too long for an episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, Will cuts it out, and we post it for Patreon, and it is on, it's available to every tier. Yep. A dollar, 20, somewhere in between, y'all get it. (laughs) Yes. And there's usually an extra slice per episode. (laughs) Is there? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. Since we've been doing it, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so funny. But also... I feel like we hadn't said this in a while. We know that not everybody can support us financially, and that is totally okay. We appreciate any way you support us, spreading the word, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and all Stitcher, all of them. Mm-hmm. Every little bit helps. Definitely. And another way of supporting us is being active on our social media accounts and everything. Well, now that we've said all the things, mm-hmm. remember, creep it real, and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared. Bye, opossums. I said, oh. I thought you said A. Oh, I might A opossum. A opossum. A opossum. That opossum's playing possum. (laughs) I don't know.